Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the adult life minister at Christ Pacific Church. These are unprecedented times. You've probably heard these words or something like them. Most of us are facing something that we've never experienced before. A fast-paced worldwide virus, quarantine, so many people getting sick. It can be difficult to have hope during this kind of time. Many people are struggling with isolation and despair, maybe including you. So how can we have hope during these unprecedented times? Today, I am declaring to you, proclaiming to you, the hope that we can have in Christ because of the victory that we have in Christ. This is part of our Cruciform Life series, where we're taking a look at the form or shape of Christ's crucifixion, his life and the shape or form of our life in response to what he's done for us. For 2,000 years, Jesus' followers have declared that through Christ, we have victory over death, sin, and the devil. And this week's passage beautifully portrays for us Christ's victory on our behalf. These verses are packed with images from Paul's day that communicate to us this beauty. In our short time together, I want to unpack the good news of our victory in Christ. Words that are captured in the words and phrases, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, and finally, triumphing over them in him. Each victory we talk about brings with it hope. Hope that is an anchor in the midst of the storm. And this hope is hope that we need whether we're in a crisis or not. The first victory Paul declares is that through Christ, God has made us alive together with him. The first enemy that Christ defeats is death. You see, the church in Colossae, the Colossians to whom Paul was writing, were being led astray by a group that was telling them that that if they wanted to have true life, they needed to go beyond Christ. But listen to what Paul says to them in chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He says, For you have died in your life, is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Christ is our life. Things are not quite what they seem on the cross. Jesus' death led to his new life and to ours. You see, Christ died on the cross, and then God the Father raised him to a new and everlasting life as the king of God's kingdom, and he ascended to God's right hand. And when you and I trust Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get united to Christ, who is the source of God's renewal of all things, a renewal that begins now from the inside out and will eventually be the renewal of all creation when Christ returns. Spiritually, we die with Christ and we rise with Christ. In Paul's letters, he says things like we are to count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. So what is this hope here with this victory? 
Well, during this time of crisis, it can be easy, tempting to look to other sources for true life. We might be looking for life in distraction or escape, you know, something like Netflix and chill. And there might be a small place for that. But Christ the King invites us to put our hope and trust in him as one who brings renewal from the inside out. And this foretaste of life that we have now in Christ strengthens our hope in eternal life in Christ in the fullness of it when Christ returns in glory, as we just read about. When I was a kid, my two brothers and I, we'd go run out during the summer and go play for a couple hours, maybe go on a bike ride. And we would often come home and there might be a hose, a garden hose out front or out back. And we would turn it on and just chug the water. And now looking back at it as a parent, I know that that was kind of gross. Like I wouldn't want my kids to do that now. And the silly thing was all we had to do was take a few more steps and we could be inside and we could have good, healthy water, a good, true source of life. Friends, Christ is inviting us to take that extra little bit of effort, reading the scriptures, praying, taking time to be present and quiet and resting in his presence to find true life during this time, this kind of renewal that God has for us. So that's the first victory, this victory that we have over death. So why is death an enemy in the first place? Well, it's because our sins, or as Paul says here, our trespasses, this breaking of God's commands, separates us from God. So this is why sin is the second enemy that Christ defeated on the cross in this week's passage. Paul declared that God has forgiven us all our trespasses. Through Jesus' redemptive death and his life-giving resurrection, God defeated the power, penalty, and prison of sin. We're no longer under the power of sin. The penalty of sin is taken care of, and we are freed from the power of sin in our life. How did God accomplish this? Well, Paul says that God canceled the record of debt that stood against us with all its legal demands by nailing it to the cross. Paul's referring here to an IOU. This was actually an official record of debt that the debtor would sign off on if he owed something to, to someone. For Jews, this was the law of Moses. They had agreed as a people to do God's commandments in response to his grace towards them, towards his saving work for them, for making them his people. For everyone else, it's our conscience that stands against us, bears witness to the fact that we do wrong. Don't we know instinctively that things like stealing or murder are wrong? And so that for us is one way that the legal demand of our conscience bears witness against us for wrongdoing. But the whole world is guilty before God, apart from God's grace in Christ. And again, things are not quite what they seem on the cross. Jesus died for our trespasses, not his. It wasn't anything that he did that took him to the cross, except for being obedient to God's mission for his life. Our spiritual IOU is paid in full. Our guilt before God has been set aside. Paul says that God has nailed it to the cross. So what is the hope here in light of this victory? 
Well, in ancient times, decrees would often be placed publicly for all to see. The cross is like Jesus, like God's public declaration through Jesus to the whole world that forgiveness of sins is available for all who trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Our hope is that when we sin, and we will, we can come to God, confess our sins, tell God we're sorry, we're going to repent, we're going to turn around, and he will always meet us with his grace. That is the hope that we have in Christ, another aspect of this hope. But what do we sometimes do? Sometimes we doubt God's forgiveness in Christ. We think maybe, you know, I did something too big for God to forgive. Or can God really forgive me again? Or maybe I've crossed the line one too many times. God's against me again. Or maybe we don't remember the goodness of God's grace towards us in Christ. Just the riches of God's grace in this good news. One of the things that I love about my wedding ring is that I can look at it and be reminded that I belong to my wife, Sarah, and she belongs to me. In fact, inside of there, she had placed secretly my Mr. Bobar and our wedding date. And so she wanted me to know that we belong to one another. The cross, and you can think of the nails on the cross as being a reminder that we belong to God as his children that we want to come to him, that he wants us to come to him when we've messed up, when we've maybe struggled or gone astray. And as a parent, I want my kids to do that to me for, with me too. If they've messed up, I want them to come and talk to me about it. And by God's grace, I'm going to be as gracious as I can and guide them. So you can know that you've been reconciled to God through Christ. This is good news. There's forgiveness available. So through Jesus, God has defeated not only death and sin, but also the third enemy, the devil. The third victory is captured in the words triumphing over them in him. Now, the cross looks like anything but a triumph. In Jesus and Paul's day, the crucifixion of criminals was the most painful, the most shameful kind of execution in the Roman Empire. But Paul declared that Jesus' death, and he'd say in his resurrection too, but Jesus' death was actually a victory over the spiritual forces of darkness, what he calls the rulers and authorities. He says in verse 15 that he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame shame, by triumphing over them in him. Again, things are not what they seem on the cross. Jesus' cross was not his defeat, but his victory. The image that Paul has here is of a Roman general in a victory parade. He would come riding in proudly in a chariot, and he'd have his troops behind him, and behind them would be the prisoners of war. And so Christ is riding into town, into the world, victorious. And he has the prisoners of war, the spiritual forces of darkness behind him, put to open shame. They've been disarmed. We don't have to be afraid of them. So what is the hope here with this victory? Well, Jesus is victorious over the devil and all spiritual forces of darkness, all other ones. And during this time of crisis, it can seem like it's easy to be discouraged or doubtful or go into despair. And I think that that's what the spiritual forces of darkness want for us and are pushing us towards. But we don't have to let fear and discouragement and 
and a lack of hope rule our minds and our hearts. Our hope is that we can go to God, go to his word, and he will meet us there, and he will speak to us, encourage us to live in light of the truth. The truth about who he is and what he has done for us in Christ. The truth about who we are in Christ and what we're called to be and to do. How we're called to live generously, live in hope, live in faith, live in love towards those around us, even when we don't know what's going on, even when it seems like God is not in control. It's Palm Sunday for this Sunday in worship, for worship at home. And as Christ was going into the town of Jerusalem, he knew all this victory that was going to come. And so in one sense, yes, these are unprecedented times. But in another sense, God's people have faced tough and trying times and God has been faithful God is faithful and God will be faithful, regardless of what crisis we face. I want us to close with a prayer that the Apostle Paul has in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. I'm going to read these verses and close this in prayer, and I invite you to pray this for yourself or your household or your family later on. It's Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation that helps us to take grasp of these words a little bit easier. Colossians 1 verses 9 through 14. Hear these words as coming from my heart to pray for you and for your family. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, those rulers and authorities we talked about. And he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all our sins. Friends, would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you that we have victory in Christ, that we have hope for renewal, for forgiveness, for encouragement. Help us to take hold of this inheritance as your holy people. Help us to trust, put our hope in all that you have for us. Lord, we don't know what these times hold, but we know that we can trust you and that you are at work. And you are working out all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to your purpose. It's in Christ's powerful and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.org.